So, Happy New Year. Uh, Lorne and Linda Lewick have been pastoring for many years at uh, Chilliwack City Life Church. Uh, used to be called Glad Tidings. A lot of folks uh, remember that name. But uh, they just, uh, on, uh, on Remembrance Day, on November 11th, they just passed the, the baton to their son, who is now the lead pastor of their church. And, but they're still attending. In fact, the founding pastors of that church are uh, Dave, Dave and uh, Fran Hubert are, are still in attendance at the church as well. Now, Pastor Lauren, the first time I met him was here in this room when we had, a, in the 80s, we had a, a prophetic assembly, and uh, he came along with Dave Hubert, and that was one of his first times that he actually was involved in that ministry. And since that time, whether it's been here or in our church in Maple Ridge or back here with the two different assemblies that we've had, prophetic assemblies, uh, you may remember him from those events. He has a wonderful gift in that area, but his first gift is pastor and teacher is close as well in there and, and are just looking forward so much. They've been good friends. They love us personally. They love our church. And so you know, they've been pr pretty tied up on Sundays, as you can imagine. So they haven't been here a lot on Sundays, but now they're here. They're a little more footloose and fancy free. So why don't you both stand up? Linda can wave, and Lauren, you can come on up here. Yeah, thank you so much. God bless you. We love you. Amen. Well, good morning. good morning. Yes, thank you for the welcome and uh, the opportunity to be here in White Rock. Wow. It's exciting. Uh, just before I get started, I want to say uh, during the worship time, uh, I just felt this, the story of the disciples out in the boat on the sea, uh, sailing across with Jesus in the boat. Remember that story? And how all of a sudden the storm came up, and it was uh, quite the storm because even, even the disciples who were sailors were kind of freaking out. Remember that? And they thought for sure they were going to perish and die. But, of course, Jesus was in the boat. He was fast asleep. And they woke him up and said, Jesus, don't you care? We're all going to die here. And, of course, Jesus yawningly says, what? 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 You know? And then, of course, uh, he, he does the miracle and uh, teaches the disciples about believing in him in all circumstances. And I felt this morning that there are some of you here that have, some of, ha have had some of those uh, instances come into your life where you didn't expect, uh, maybe it was illness, but maybe it was also other circumstance. Maybe it's your family member. Maybe it's even uh, the Christmas time as you gathered together and there were stories told and uh, <clears throat> secrets told or things that were shared with your family that you didn't expect. And uh, just the thought behind this all is that God is in control. Amen. Jesus is in your boat. And this is the thought. I said, well, Lord, what is it that you want me to tell them? And he says, tell them that they can cry out to me and say, God, help me in this circumstance, in this storm, in this impossibility. I just feel helpless. I feel like I'm being torn. I feel like I'm being, you know, there, there's panic in my heart over some of these issues. And God said, if you would come and pray and ask him to calm the storm, that he will come and meet your need. He will come and minister to you, help you, and get you through that situation. 
Amen. Anybody like that here this morning? Amen. Leave your hands up. Jesus, right now, you see these people identifying themselves just like the disciples. They, uh, uh, they're on this journey in life. They're running straight forward. They're driving. They're, there's lots of things happening. But, Lord, out of the blue comes this storm, the situations in our life, Lord, and we don't even know what we can do. And, Lord, we know that this is an opportunity of faith to trust you and say, Lord, you're in my boat. And I trust you in my life. I trust you in this cir- circumstance. I trust you through this gale, this wind, Lord, that you will bring peace and that you will meet the need that is before us. Lord, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's even faith challenges in our heart, we pray in Jesus' name for you to meet these people that have their hands up right now in an amazing way to come and touch their lives. Lord, even prove yourself this week in this time of prayer, in this time of reaching out to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Isn't it great? This is the first Sunday of 2019. How many wondered if you'd ever make it to this year? Man, I am so old. I remember way back there when I was thinking, you know, I'm going to live forever. You know, those days that you thought you're young and crazy and free and you got lots of energy and lots of strength and all the things that happened along the way. And then all of a sudden you realize, hey, I'm not so young anymore. And You know, and wow, what's going to happen? Here we are, 2019, and uh, often we kind of consider and we think about the years that have gone by. And my dad was born in 2018, or not 2018, 1918. There we go, that's better. He'd be a pretty young man yet. But anyways, 1918. And so here we are in 2019, 101 years after his birth. And he's gone to be with the Lord already. But what an interesting time that we live in, wouldn't you say? A very interesting time. And, you know, we, we love what God is doing in his ways in the church and what, how he's moving by his spirit. And we love this church here in White Rock. We believe that God has a place for it here in this community. And we believe if there's any empty seats here that are around you right now that God wants to fill them. In fact, he wants to challenge you to bring somebody along with you, a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker, whatever, and bring them to church sometime this year and introduce them to this amazing body that's here in White Rock. Amen? There's something for them. And you might think, well, you know, there's crazy people in our church and... There's people that dance, there's people, that, and the music is kind of wild sometimes, and, and you know, all those sort of things, you know, the way we worship, and the way somebody even spoke in tongues the other day, man, it was so loud. What would they think of that? Let me tell you, don't let the enemy deceive you to think that God cannot work through all of that, because he loves his people, he loves their praise, he loves their worship. Amen. Great worship this morning. Thank you, team that led us. I just loved it. I loved being in the presence of the Lord, and I love being here in White Rock. Linda and I, like uh, Pastor Mike has said, have been around for a while. We're excited about our future, just as you can be excited about where we're going. And of course, this being the first Sunday of the year, it's always a great time to kind of reflect on the goodness of the Lord. I better check my watch here. 
Okay, I'm looking forward to this new year and what God has in store for you as a church here in White Rock, that he definitely has something planned for you. Can you believe that this morning? That he has something good ahead in this year that's going to build his church. Did you know that your pastors are a part of building the church, but God's heart is that he said Jesus will build his church. So he is walking up and down the aisles right now by the Holy Spirit, and he's working in us because he's starting to build his church and his place in this house. And it's an exciting thing. So looking forward to what God has in store for you as a church. I want to talk about this morning, God is wanting to do a new thing. God is wanting to do a new thing. And I believe that with all my heart. And as I lay some foundation for this this morning uh, and talk about that, I want to look as I start into the book of Isaiah for a few moments. And the book of Isaiah is really an amazing book in the Old Testament. And uh, it is kind of often referred to as a mini Bible, a mini Bible. And 39 chapters of Isaiah are much related to the Old Testament. They talk about destruction and they talk about immorality and they talk about compromise. They talk about judgment that God is going to bring and is bringing and all those things. But the last 27 books of, of Isaiah are much like the New Testament where they start to talk about the Messiah. They start talking about salvation. They start talking about hope. And there's such amazing things that happen. And in, in fact, a key thought that runs throughout Isaiah is this thought, is that salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. It's mentioned 26 times in the book of Isaiah, when all the other prophets, it's only mentioned seven times. Isaiah is really a messianic call to Jesus is coming, the Messiah is coming, and he's going to bring salvation. He's going to bring repentance. He's going to, he's going to forgive our sins. And of course, Isaiah 53, what a great chapter that is, the atonement of Jesus. Talks about there, he was despised and he was, he was rejected for us. He bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Remember those thoughts that he said there in 53? He was wounded for our transition for our transgressions, right? And so that great chapter is about the Messiah and the hope and the New Testament message that the Messiah, that Jesus brought as he came to this earth. So Isaiah uh, was writing to Israel, this nation of God, who was going through some pretty horrific things in their life and in their history in this period. In fact, they were in captivity and had lost everything, and they were homesick for, they were thinking about the past, they were thinking about, oh, it was so much better, there were so many better days, what happened to us, look at us, here we are, we're so sad, we're so depressed, we're so ruled over and captive, this is not what our Jehovah God said we would have, what's wrong with this? Well, they started getting annoyed and they started getting upset and it started to stir them up. And you know what happened? They started to pray. They started to pray. They started to call out to God. Said, God, where are you? Are you up there somewhere? We need your help. You know, something like in Egypt when we're under captivity. We want to get out of here. Well, here it is again. Israel kind of went through those cycles over and over again to learn that God wanted to live in their life and rule their life. 
be a part of their life. So they're homesick, and they start to pray, and they start to believe God, and then God starts to speak to them. He starts to share his heart for the nation. And so let me read just my beginning scriptures here out of Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. I think it's going to go up there. So this is what what, uh, the Lord is saying to Israel through Isaiah. But forget all that. And another translation puts it this way. Forget what happened in the past and do not dwell on the events from long ago. How many know that that's a huge challenge for all of us today? Isn't it? And it was a huge challenge for them as well. This nation who was under captivity, they were thinking about what, oh, what we did and how we did it and we were so awful and, oh, God is never going to forgive us. Well, God said, forget all that. Isn't that kind of the message of today too? Because we come in with lots of baggage and even if we're Christians, oftentimes we refer to the the past. Whether it was good days or bad days, we kind of look back and, oh, I wish it was as good as it was 20 years ago. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever thought that? Yeah, come on. No one's really being honest here this morning, but I'll put up my hand. I've been that way, yes. And then, of course, the things that go wrong. You constantly are reminded of them by, by the enemy and by your own flesh. When you make another mistake, oh, there it goes again. The same thing I struggled with years ago or the thing I struggled with last year or whatever. And you kind of kick yourself and you, 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 it just holds you back. It just chains you up in chains and the enemy just loves it. Oh boy, look at those chained up Christians. <laughs> They're going to really make a difference in the earth. And I tell you today that God wants to change that for us. He wants us to know he has the answers. Let me keep reading. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. All that other stuff is nothing compared to what I have in mind. For I'm about to do something new. Can you say new? New is good, isn't it? Do you like new? Do you like a new car? Do you like a new home? Right? Do you like new kids? No, you can't get them. How about you get new kids by getting grandkids? Right? We have eight of them, so we have... Eight new kids to work with. And uh, my oldest uh, grandson, we've been talking about going to the gun range because I, I like going out and target practicing and shooting. And, and so I, I, I had said, would you like to go out? He's 10 years old, and I thought he's probably old enough now. I asked his dad. He says, yeah. So this week he's out of school. His dad was off. So Friday morning we took him to the gun range. And I'll tell you, his smile on his face. And I could not believe it. You know, it, it must be those computer hands or something of those kids, what they can do. But he sat down there and he took my 22, and the second shot, he got a bullseye. Well, I mean, did that make him feel good or what? I don't know how long it took me to get a bullseye, but it wasn't the second time, let me tell you. So, you know, there's something new, there's something exciting. And he says, I'm going to do it. You can, do you not see it? Isn't there something in your sensing? You know, like when you look out the corner of your eye, something's coming over here. You see the car coming or you see your, one of your kids coming down and you're looking this way, but you see him over here. God's saying to us today, can you not already sense something going on? This is just the first Sunday. But I bet you this week... 
There's going to be something that God's going to train your eye on, and you're going to say, I, I can feel it. I, I, there's some faith in me. I'm excited. I feel something's going on. And that's God. That's the Holy Spirit. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the desert or through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. So you see that God was up to something. I like this. And just because God disciplines us or challenges us sometimes in our life doesn't mean that he does not want to bless us. He wants to bless us. And it's the prayers and the cries of people that catches the ear of God in that day, and he responds to them. Do you not believe God is still the same today? And wherever you're at, whatever's catching your eye, maybe taking you off and getting your eyes off of really what's important in life and who God is, don't you believe that God wants you to see clearer and refocus you and help you to understand where you should be going. So let me ask you some questions here. Do you believe that God hears our prayers and answers them? Do you believe that God can still part a Red Sea? The Vedder River or the Fraser River? Do you believe that? I think he probably could. That he can still heal the sick? Anybody been sick and been healed over the last year? Anybody at all here? Acknowledge there's one. Okay, absolutely. We're believing for more, aren't we? Amen. Do you believe he can still open the blind eye? Or make the lame to walk? Maybe take some of those hard hearts that we've been praying about and change them. Because we sure can't do it. Oh, we've been trying, haven't we? We've been trying. In fact, we've almost, you know, worn out our our welcome and our love for them by uh, just staying at them all the time. But God can do something. Do you believe that God can still turn a killer like Saul into somebody like the Apostle Paul? Are there some Apostle Pauls out there that are living on our street or you're working with them that God wants to rescue and change their life? You know what? I can say I believe that all. I really do. And I want to be reflective of what God's faith and power is in the earth today. A God who not only can answer prayer, but does answer prayer. Do you mind if I get a drink of water here? And so the reason why I want to talk to you this morning about God and what he wants to do, doing a new thing, is that I believe that it all starts with prayer. Isn't that simple? I had to come all the way from Chilliwack to tell you that. You've never heard that before, of course. But he wants to do some new things in us, and he wants to start it right now. And he wants to do it in this church. He really does. And it all starts with prayer. And so I want to kind of challenge your prayer life this morning. I might not be a popular person by the time I leave here this morning. But at least you'll hear the word of God and what God believes is in you and that he wants to release his power through you and wants to do some great things. It's through prayer. So I want to give you a few thoughts here that I have rolling around in my mind this week. First of all, prayers like spiritual breathing. 
You all know uh, in the natural, if we stop breathing for a couple minutes, we're pretty well going to have a rough time coming back, right? Your mind, because of the oxygen that needs to go around in your brain and your body, is not circulating. Well, it's not long before uh, they may be able to resuscitate your heart, but there might may not be anything left in your brain because of the lack of oxygen. Um, For those of you that don't know this, and probably most of you don't, I am a scuba diver. I've been diving for many, many years, almost 50 years now. And I've dove all up and down the coast into Washington. I've dove around the world. And we're going to Maui in about a month, and I'm going to be diving there as much as I can. I'm going to be under the water and not above the water. I can't get a sunburn under the water. But I love diving, and it reminded me of a time when I was diving in the 90s, and uh, I dove on a destroyer, a Canadian Navy destroyer called the, S, the HMS Shoddy Air, and it was uh, in action. It's 366 feet long. It was in action from 1959 to 1974, and then it was sunk as a, uh, in the Seashell in, uh, Inlet in 1992 as an artificial reef. And that's what they do sometimes, different organizations, buy uh, these big ships and these uh, boats for a dollar, and that's what somebody did, an organization, and they stripped all the stuff that's, off, that's, that's bad for it to put it into the water, and they stripped it. went and dove on that a few times. I've been out there diving. I haven't the last while, but I think it was in the late 90s when I, when I went. And uh, <clears throat> while I was down there, we were looking around. And, of course, one of the things is, is that you're breathing uh, air that's on your back, right? It's called compressed air. And so you have, uh, you know, uh, 3,000 PSI in your tank, and you have all the, the dials to look at. And when your tank is getting low on air, what happened to be that I was kind of getting too involved in the ship there, and I was running out of air real fast. In fact, I ran out of air. And, and so I swam over to the bottom of the, um, uh, of, the, of the chain that was going up to the boat, and I started to go up, and my air was getting tighter and harder to breathe out of my tank. And finally, my buddy came up beside me, and I said, I did this to him, and he knew right away that I needed some help. So he gave me his extra hose, and I put it in my mouth, and we went and did our safety stop at 15 feet for three minutes, and then we went up to the top. And I said, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Now, I didn't panic because I knew my buddy was there, and I always dive. I'm a safe diver. I don't go diving by myself. I always dive with a buddy. Because something can variably could go, go wrong, right? Your, your regulator could stop because it jammed up or something could happen. And, and I tell you, it's not fun being under the water and not having air. Sure. Air is important. It yeah. really is important. Just as much as we breathe is important, so prayer is our spiritual breath. It's how we stay connected with God. It's how we talk to Him, how He leads us and He responds to us and is activated in us through prayer. The New Testament teaches that prayer isn't just something we do occasionally. It's something we do continually. Believe it or not, it's not just for a special prayer meeting time. It's for learning to come closer to God every day. 1 Thessalonians 5 16 to 18 says this, always be joyful. That's good, isn't it? You don't like to be around, you know, unjoyful people. 
right? Sour pusses. You don't like being around. So be joyful all the time. But here's the thing. Never stop praying, he says here. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. You can pray because you want to or because you need to, but if you don't pray, your soul will never get healthy the way it should. Prayer gives health. It's like an infusion of God into your life that changes you. And God really wants to do a new thing this year. And I believe that prayer can ignite that for the things that God wants to do here at at Life Church here in White Rock. That God has something in mind that you haven't even thought of yet. He's got something in mind that that's going to ignite something here to open up the doors to, of the gospel and attract people to the kingdom of God. And, let, and, and, and i got to be honest and truthful, it's going to come through us. It's not just going to come through your pastors. It's going to come through every one of us here. It's going to be, come through our families, through our children, as we teach them about Christ, our grandchildren. So we love on them and they come to know Christ. Right now, maybe, right now, maybe one of them is accepting Christ right now. Wouldn't that be wonderful if they don't know the Lord? And if they don't, you as parents or grandparents should share that with them and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Charles Spurgeon once noted, you don't expect a plant to grow without air and water. How can you expect your heart to grow without prayer? And so we need prayer. Jesus walked on the earth and he was God, but... If anyone had an excuse not to pray, it would have been Jesus, right? Because, I mean, who is Jesus? He's God, right? All power, all knowledge, all wisdom, all abilities on earth. While he was on earth, he could have done anything and it would have happened. Yet the gospel notes this, Luke 5, 16. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. He needed to pray. He needed to talk to the Father even though he was the father. Figure that one out. So if it's vital for Jesus, don't you think it's even more vital for us here in 2019? It's our spiritual breath. Number two, prayer is how God changes us, but it also is how he changes the world. He, can, he wants to change us, but also the world. You might remember the TV series years ago called Touched by an Angel. Anybody ever watched that? Uh, Roma Downey was her name, was a star in that show. And a few years ago, she uh, produced a television series called Answered Prayers. Anybody ever seen that? Okay, it wasn't on for a real long time. But it literally was all about moments of divine intervention when God supernaturally stepped into lives here on earth and answered prayer. It was quite amazing. I'm not sure how many episodes were made, but uh, you, can, you can go on the internet and you actually can watch them there. And they're quite amazing. They're true stories of how God intervened in our world and in people's lives. So God supernaturally stepped into lives. And, and he, more and more, I'm convinced that God wants to do that. Yeah. I really do. I believe he wants to come as a God where impossibilities are and make things possible. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God that I read about in the Bible. So prayer is not just a spiritual practice, but it's a means 
by which God changes our lives and changes our world. Prayer isn't just helpful. It's important. It's really important. You see, I believe that God doesn't just hear our prayers, but he also answers them. He's not just aware of us, but he's deeply concerned for our lives, for our families, for our jobs, for what we do here on earth. And he intervenes in miraculous ways often. uh, And, you know, we like to use these words when things happen, a coincidence. But I believe that God uses coincidence as a way of remaining anonymous. Let's not second guess how powerful God is and what he can do, even in the most simplest forms. I, I think it was always exciting when we had little prayers answered when our kids were growing up. And Linda would say to them, this is, this is what God did. Isn't this amazing? And they'd look up and say, wow. they just believe it. When we get older, we get a little harder and crusty. Oh, that's just a coincidence. You know, that just happened because I was in the right time, place at the right time. No, 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 no. You're not that smart. You're not that intelligent. Even if you have a master's degree or even a doctorate, God works where things are impossible. And he wants to reveal himself that he's God, that he works in our lives. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's an ever-present help in the time of need, isn't he? And we've got to remember that with him all things are possible. We've got to believe that in our lives. And it reminds me of the book of Nehemiah, which records the story of the Israelites going back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls because they've been torn down, they've been destroyed. And the city there, there they went back to rebuild the city when they were all still in captivity. Do you, do you remember that? Well, that's kind of interesting because a conquering kingdom would never let any of their captives rebuild their city. That's ridiculous. Uh, king, can I go back and rebuild my city so that I can uh, fortify it so that it can get strong again and we can go live in it and then we can do battle again? No, I don't think any king would do that. That would be totally ridiculous. But it says that Nehemiah, who worked for the king of Babylon, began to fast and pray before the God of heaven, it says. And this is what he said and did when the report came through about Jerusalem. Nehemiah 1 and 4. When I heard this about the way the, the situation in Jerusalem and the walls, he says, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. Now, if you continue to read the story, you'll find out that prayer not only changed Nehemiah, but it also changed a whole whole nation as they started. And God gave and changed the heart of that king to allow Nehemiah to go to the city of Jerusalem and start rebuilding it because he granted that request. He He would have never done that in the natural it would have been a stupid thing to do to let somebody go, even from your court who was, who was a captive, who you, the nation that you destroyed, and they were all taken into your nation. Oh, no, but he did. And how did he do it? Through prayer. Through prayer. Because Nehemiah prayed. He sought God, and God turned the tide and the whole situation around. So God wants to change us. 
and also the world we live in. He doesn't want just you to walk around all changed and, hi, hi, I'm happy and whatever. He wants people around you to be changed too and be touched by the power of God. The third one is Jesus told us we should pray. Did you know that? When you ask why should we pray, well, let me say, uh, remind you that it was instructed by Jesus for us to pray. In fact, in Luke 11.2, and it's in the Gospels, of course, but I'll just read part of it. When you pray, Jesus said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it, in, as it is in heaven. And you can go on. We all learned the Lord's Prayer. In fact, when I went to school, we used to say the Lord's Prayer every morning. Yeah. Any of you do that? Absolutely. And we would do that. We'd also sing, Oh, oh Canada, or, or what's the queen? God save the the queen. That's it. I, when I got to be grade seven, I got to play the piano for that in the middle of the school while everybody marched into their classroom. I thought that was pretty cool. And then we all went, we would all stand there and we would say the Lord's Prayer. It was an amazing time, wasn't it? And so Jesus gave us this instruction. But notice what he said. He said, when you pray. He didn't say, if you pray, you've got a choice if you want to pray. You don't have to pray, but if you pray. He said, when you pray. That means that we should all be praying. If you're a Christian, you need to be a praying person. I'm sorry to tell you today, but if you don't pray, then you're going to lose a lot of what God wants to do in your life. You're going to miss out as a person and as a family and as a church. So how should we pray? Quickly, uh, letter A, pray with faith. We often pray because we hope something will happen. In, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says this. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. You get that? Having faith actually gives the reality to us and to God of what we are hoping for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So we need faith. Did you know that? Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith we can't please God. So God's waiting for us to show faith. And that's our action to say, God, I believe in you. And Lord, my grandma is sick and she's struggling. She's got this pneumonia or whatever it might be. Lord, I believe that I see it with hope that she's healed. And I pray for her right now in Jesus' name. Is that faith? Amen, that sure is. Jesus told us in Matthew 21, 22, if you believe, you will receive. So there it is, faith. If you have faith, if you, like it says here, show, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. So God answers all our prayers. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Have you ever had God say no? And sometimes he says, not now. This is, this is the interesting part of God. He's doing many things in the earth, and he's, he's bringing things together at his time for his purpose. And we want it right now. We don't really care about everybody else. You know, they give it to them when they need it, but Lord, I need it right now. No, you don't. You need it when I give it to you. I want you to contend. I want you to believe. 
continue to have faith, and when the time comes, the appropriate time, it'll be there for you. Amen? I have people come to me in the last in years and, you know, I say, I, I want a new job, and I, I'm going to get a new job. I'm just going to quit my job right now and go by faith and look for another job. I said, you're a foolish man if you do it that way. Because you need to let God work on your behalf. You need to, first of all, pray and ask God in faith to give you a new job. Then you need to stay where you're working and allow Him to open the doors. Do I go and look? And you know what? It's invariably, it's almost funny sometimes how God uh, allows time to go on where that person kind of settles back and, you know, oh, well, I guess I'm here for life. And then all of a sudden, bang, somebody calls him and a door opens up. It's amazing that God knows what he's doing. Isn't that true? How could God know what he's doing? My goodness. There's too many people on this world for him to look after. And I, he's a little busy right now. But he knows what he is doing. When we pray, faith isn't about what we get from God. It's about what we think of God. It's not about what we get from God. It's about what we think of God. Because our thinking needs to change. We need to think differently because God thinks differently than we do. Every time you pray, you need to believe that with God all things are possible. Secondly, prayer in the morning, prayer in the evening, and every moment in between. My goodness, isn't that something? God gave us a lot of practical advice about prayer. He also gives us examples of his own life. Mark 1.35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So it's not wrong to get up early before it's light out. I personally don't love getting up too early. I like to sleep in. But it's important to know that you need to start somewhere. Jesus began his day with prayer in Matthew 6.6. He tells us, when you pray, go into your room and close the door. He knew that distractions were the enemy of our prayer. And then if you uh, want kind of an easy way, a word to help you with prayer, the word acts, A-C-T-S. A stands for adoration, give God praise, confession, confess your sin. C was confession, confess your sin. T is thanksgiving, thank God for his provision. And S, which is supplication, bring God your requests. I like that's kind of simple and it's easy to remember. So pray honestly and authentically to God. You know, it's just we get too too confusing, I think, to God sometimes. You don't have to speak in Hebrew or Greek, you know, or or whatever. You don't have to speak in High German or Low German. You you don't have to speak in um, in whatever <laughs> in uh, the New English form of the uh, the King James version. You don't have to pray that way. You just need to open your heart and start talking to God. I like Hebrews 4.16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will find His mercy. We will find grace to help us when we need it most. 
So why should we pray? Well, because God wants to do some new things in us. Why should we challenge ourselves? Because God is an amazing God that wants to hear from us. You know, there's so many things that can keep us. You know, our phones are important. Who wants to hear from us? Our computer is important. important. All the things, all the devices that we have today can keep us away from praying. But I want you to understand that Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Well, the very opposite to that will happen. Because if you don't ask, you won't receive. If you don't seek, you won't find. And if you don't knock, the door will not be open to you. So let me say this morning that I'm excited for this time of prayer that you're going to have here in the church. I'm excited that God wants to stir us up and start hearing from us. And I want to encourage you, if you've never come out to an evening or a prayer time before, you might feel like a fish out of the water and think, you know, how's that going to help me? Let me encourage you, God wants to start some new things in you this year. And why not start right in the first week almost of January and start to pray and believe God together. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to just leave it there. My time is up. Can I pray for you this, this morning? Just before we, I believe you're going to have communion together. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this great congregation. I thank you for these people of faith. And Lord, I pray that they will be stirred in their spiritual lives to pray, Father, to start to pray more even this week. Lord, that they will start to put the disciplines into their life, that they'll push aside some of the things that so uh, easily take up all of our time and make room and make time for you, Lord. I pray for this church that, Lord, new, new things will come forth, even out of this week of prayer. Lord, new understanding, new directions, Father. Father, things that will encourage them, and Father, things that you alone want to happen here at Life Church. So I bless them today. Thank you for them. Thank you for Mike and Av. Thank you for their faithfulness. Bless them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.